Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 246. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. And I gotta tell you, about five minutes ago, when Eric was like, hey, I'm gonna be ready soon, I was sitting here in my in my computer chair and I was going, I was literally doing this. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, I'm not gonna make uh, I'm not gonna make it through the show. But I'm pumped. I'm here for you, listeners. And then I mentioned him earlier, because he's here with us. It's my buddy, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bear, bringer, the beast master of third shift. It's Eric. And we're going to start the show off like we always do. Hey, my man, Eric. Woo. What you been doing this week? How was your week? Do the week things. Do it, do it, hey, do it, do it. you know, it. the week things are going to happen, but I got to tell you, we had a conversation right before the show started where my, my, my hombre, my partner in crime said, he's going to do me wrong if I go blind, folks. I asked him to kill me. I said, please, kill me. Give me the wow. Grand Canyon. End it all. Let me hop off the Indian reservation land so I can just go my way. And he said, yeah, sure, I'll do that by, like, not doing that. And doing everything that makes fun of you and, and and stuff. And I went, oh, man, this sucks. And I was real sad about it. I was sad because now I have to somehow blindly find my way to the Grand Canyon, which is very far away from where I live, to do what I need to do. Stand by the road with a Grand Canyon or bust sign, except it's upside down so nobody stops. Yes. So that happened, and then it got me thinking, because one other thing happened to just today, before I get into my weekly hoo-hoo, I had a rental car, all right? Uh, my truck got hit by somebody because they're crazy, got put in the thing and got fixed. That's featured on third shift <laughs> two weeks ago. And this car got all, has all the new 2027 finagled stuff, you know, whatever all the future stuff is. It has, like, this weird crap where if you go, like, in between lanes, it, like, rumbles your... Uh, Rumbles your freaking steering wheel for you, and it tells you if you're too close to people. It has all this stuff. Anyway, people are driving stupid on the way home today, all right? So I'm, I'm doing the typical Eric. This ain't going to happen. So I get in the right lane. I speed up. Of course, as always happens when you get in the right lane and go to pass people, they get mad at you. Mm-hmm. And then they go... How dare you pass me in the left lane, even though I'm going 73 in the left lane. So they speed up. And now they want to try to cut me off so I can't go. But they don't know who I am. So I accelerate to 107 miles per hour. And there's a semi coming up. And this this, this individual in this truck on the left, he's he's pacing me. He's trying to speed up to 107. However, he can't because he's in this old, old, old beat-up truck. Mm-hmm. And so I outpace him. However, because of this race we're having and because of just the way everything works, I'm fastly approaching said semi. He's falling behind, but I need to make sure I can get to the left without actually hitting him and killing him because I'm sure he's an idiot and doesn't know how to control his truck right. So if I actually tipped his front end, he'd go flying off the road and, and die. Oh, yeah. However, the car I'm in... Is freaking out. The car I'm in is going, collision imminent, collision imminent. Literally, on the thing, it's going, it's throwing up all these signs, and it's like taking control of vehicle. (laughs) So, so of course, at this point, I know what it's going to do. It's going to break. So I slam into the left lane. It does. Sure enough, it starts breaking for me, Mm -hmm. you know. And and then it says something prepping prepping disaster or some crap like that. <laughs> sure enough, no disaster happens. I just speed off in the left lane. I pass the guy, no issue. 
But it was just amusing that I know how to drive. I know how to drive really well. There was never a second where I was in doubt of what was going to happen in this scenario. But I love how the AI, this computer system, was just, Ah, oh, Jesus! Whoever thinks dead, we're all going to die. Prepping imminent destruction. Imminent destruction. Like flashing red on my little screens and monitors. Everything was going insane. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> now, I know it's not what it actually said, but I like to imagine it's like preparing disaster. Prepping that's what it, destruction. That's what it did. I'm, no, preparing did. for disaster, said, not preparing said, disaster. Because I'm getting ready <laughs> to explode. Here I go. Said, oh, here was the actual, it, it said preparing for impact. There you go. See. It said preparing for impact, preparing for impact. And I'm like, what are you preparing? What are you preparing? Besides the breaking, which I knew it was going to happen. Uh-huh. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you getting your airbag systems all ready to deploy? Are you hardening your framework so that way the damage is minimal? What are you doing, robot system? I still much (laughs) prefer the idea preparing disaster. So it's like peeling away its armor coating. It's loosening up your seatbelt just enough to shatter all your bones when you hit it. It's it's pre-fracturing the windshield and turning it inwards. Just so all of it, all, everything goes bad. We all die and there's no It's like springing fuel leaks, just gasoline spraying all over the inside of the car. It was just, it was so weird. You know, I don't drive new cars, trucks, anything. I always get old crap. So being in this weird, stupid, newfangled car that's designed for people who don't know what they're doing because they're too busy looking at their phones all the time and not actually driving, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Do regular people actually need all of this assistance? Yes, they do, Eric, because I told you off air, I was driving around all weekend, all up and down, around the town, go here, go there, go everywhere, literally every single car that was in front of me. I see that, you know, you can see the driver's head a little over, like, the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. They're like this, and then they go down to the right. And the car goes way to the right. Rumble strips. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Whew. Five seconds later, head goes down to the right. Car starts going to the left. Honk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, yes, yes. Mo- modern day people, apparently, other than maybe, like, you and me and people who, like, 5% of people who drive normal... Literally every car on the road I've been driving around with, driving like an asshole. Just driving completely stupid. Drifting, drifting this way, drifting that way. That turn up on the highway down here, you kind of go left and then you kind of come downhill and then it's a right turn. I came down, I was in the right-hand lane because I'm about to exit right as it straightens out. The guy goes, all in my lane. It's just, just stay. It's not hard. There's a line on the left, there's a line on the right. You just keep your damn car in between it and you look. And if you can't, I, if you can't look down you and keep your car straight, don't f-ing look down. Don't look down. You know, if you're gonna be haggard, at least put the damn phone up to eye level. Yeah. So while you're being a moron looking at your phone, you or your other eye, or at least peripherals, can see outside as well. That would be the the smartest thing you could possibly do if you're gonna be stupid. Right. That would be it. However, I would I would recommend that you just put the phone down. Or whatever, the screens, the monitors, the doodads, and just drive. Put on some good music and just drive. And maybe pay attention. Hey, here's an idea. Here's an idea for everybody out there who's a bad driver. Maybe challenge yourself to look 50, I won't even say 100 yards ahead. I'll just say 50. Just look 50 yards ahead and keep your eye out for things. So that way 
you know what's coming and can adjust your speeds and your course of action accordingly so you don't freaking be an idiot. That's that's a good thing to do. And if that's too much to ask, just look ahead. Look out the windshield. That's, that's Don't look this way. Don't look that way. Don't look down. Don't be so- talking on your phone so much that you're like blah, blah, all up blah, in the blah. air, like wiggling all around with it. I've seen that too. Like, who are you talking to? In the blank roof of your car while you're driving. While What's driving a metal there? object 70 plus miles per hour. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty smart. Ugh. Anywho's, it was interesting. I found it vastly amusing, just all these crazy things that this car was trying to do and had. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad to be back in my truck, which is a nice truck and has, you know, some cool stuff, but none of that weird crap that I don't need at all. You know what I need? A great towing package. That's what I got. You know, has all the cool stuff I need to keep control of my camper while I'm driving and help me out while I'm going down the road. Beautiful. The one thing I need is to plug this phone in and listen to my podcasts. Yep. And I can do it. You can do that on literally any car in the world now. So it's perfect. Exactly. So there's my my tangent. There's my aside. I wanted to get out there to the podcast world because God, God, oh, bless, man. It's wild out there. I'll tell you. So with that being said... I went to the movies this weekend. Now, if you're a patron, you will know we talked about it a bit, had a little conversation about the movies and all this other good stuff. But if you're not, that's all right, too. I'll briefly say it here. I went to the show this weekend, saw me a movie, Demon Slayer, if you're curious. Had such a good time. I was almost the only one in the theater. Almost. So close. And it was great to kick back, get your pop, get your candy or whatever you're getting, and just enjoy the show again. With that beautiful sound, everything booming and banging in your ears, the the picture just all the way across that front end, kicked back, relaxed. Oh, I didn't get enough, man. I didn't get enough. I saw the one show and I went, I need to see another one. I need to see another one. That'll that'll get me where I'm okay, and I feel like the world might be moving back into the normal. So I, I look forward to seeing Quiet Place 2. Which I mentioned to you and I mentioned to everybody else. I saw the preview for got super hyped about. Then today, I saw another different trailer for it. And I went, oh yeah, I'm totally sold. Nice. Because it is a sequel to Quiet Place. But it has a whole bunch of like flashbacks and like segments from before even one. Back when the the whole issue first started. So, right, right. Uh, What's-His-Face is in it. And they have tons of stuff with him. I was going to say, that was the first trailer you saw, though, for the second one, wasn't it? It yeah. was... They they're driving up and then they had to back up, back up, the and they're like going like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they just showed another one where he see a, he's actually a, like a fellow police officer or something, and he's coming up to the guy. And he's like, "Hey, what's going on today?" You know, da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, bra, 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 and he immediately just does a one eighty and starts running to his car. You know, and I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be so good. I'm I'm super pumped for it." So I'm back in that groove, man. Just happy, excited to see what movies are coming out. Oh, I gotta go to the theater just like I used to be. Because, like I always tell you, if I don't see it in the theater, I don't see it. So now that I can get back to it and there's movies coming, I'm like, thank goodness, man. I'll actually see a show again. This is great. You know what? I'm just going to break in. I'm going to do my movie section because I saw movies, too. I know you did. I saw two movies. I'm going to start with the second one that I went and saw, which was Godzilla vs. Kong, which was fun and dopey and ridiculous, just like everybody said it was. A lot of fun. And like, like you, I was almost the only one in that theater. Just two people down over here having a good time. But that was the second movie. And the first movie that I saw was Nobody. And 
I keep wanting to say this, and people will be like, oh, yeah, well, obviously, idiot. It was the most fun I've had at the movies in a long-ass time. And not just because I haven't been to the movies in a long-ass time, but just everything about that movie was great. It was badass. It was hilarious. The music choices for the scenes were badass or epic or hilarious. All the side characters were badass or epic or hilarious. I got out of that movie. I was refreshed because I finally got to go to my home theater and see, you know, all my favorite people. They were still there. I have a cinematic adventure. I'm like, yeah, life's good again. And I walked out and the sun was shining and the breeze hit my face. And I was I was pumped. I was on a high from watching nobody. And I was like, yeah, the world is okay. Everything's great. And I drove around with my windows down, having a great time with a big old stupid smile on my face. I got here to my stupid apartment. I was like, yeah, I love this place. My stupid little apartment is awesome. Because that movie was so damn good. It was so good. Everybody needs to see it. If you can still see it in the theaters, you got to go see it. Just the music choices alone for some of those scenes. I was cracking up, dying laughing. I couldn't tell if the two people down a couple rows were laughing or not. But they knew I was having a good time. That's all I got to say. You know, them crazy folks, man, just laughing in the theater, going nuts. See, I, I wish I could do that. I, even If I'm in a theater and there's people there and they're not laughing, I withhold my laughs. So I'll just sit there going, <laughs> I'll just do my little chuckle and shake my head. But if people are laughing, then I feel free that I can just do my usual, ha! <laughs> well, I will say in general, I tone it down a little bit. But a lot of the like the music is pretty loud in some mm-hmm. scenes that made me laugh, and there was action going on, so I didn't feel bad about just busting out a rip roaring laugh. A good one. Sometimes you, I couldn't even hold it in; it was so good. Everything about that movie was awesome. Can't so wait good. to see it. I can't wait to see it. Goodness! But of course, that's for another day and another time. Video game wise, I played a little bit of It Takes Two with my buddy Matt you know, oh, yeah. on the weekend, and we had a good time with that. Uh, it was we we keep thinking it's going to be over. And it keeps going, which is fine. Yeah. But it's also weird because I'm like, all right, we're, I think we're getting near the end. Ah, I got another level for you. Ha, 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 ha. And then I'm like, what? thought that was it. I thought we were done. Oh, mm. All right, let's go. But some of the puzzles, they're getting to the point where you have to pay attention at least somewhat. You have to be kind of on your, your game. So mm. if you get to the point where you're like, yeah, man, I've had a bunch of beers or whatever, you know, like, like at the end of the last one. Mm-hmm. We got to this huge open area, and I was just like, looking at it, I was like, man, I've had too many beers to be messing with this anymore. I could tell, because it was that thing that you talked about last week with me, and I was like, hey, come here, come here, look. And they're like, the, uh, the kaleidoscope mm-hmm. you were looking at, and I looked at it, and I was testing out a couple things, and I could tell you were just kind of standing there, and I could hear on the other end you going like, huh? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't... And I went, dude, step step over there. Step step right there. And it connected and, and it opened up. And you went, I just don't, I don't understand. Yep. I don't care. I don't dude. get this one. It's all right. It's all right, man. I got it. I got it. Let's just, roll. Let's just roll. Yoda on my back. I'll carry us through this one. Just go over there. See that spot? Go stand it. Come come here. Stand right here. There you go. We see, did I it. I feel like we had two different experiences because you seem to still have fun when I sherpered us. But when you sherpered us, I was like, oh, Matt's just sherpering me. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I've kind of. Don't be so self-conscious, Eric. Don't hold in your laughter. Just have a great time. That's all you got to do. I'm just, I'm just slowing us down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> then we got, like I said, we got to that spot. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no. I'm gonna mess this up. I don't know what's even happening. Just, <laughs> we'll do this a fresh night. Well, we'll do this another night. 
So it's so cool, though. And it worked out, too, because we passed the big event, and they're like, hey, it's time for the next thing. And we we're just like, okay, that's a good that's a good stopping point. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. It really was. But, man, oh, man, it's getting to that point where you somebody's got to be on, on point. Somebody's got to be like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Early on, you were able to kind of fudge through, and you could yeah. just kind of pickle your way through. I kind of get it, and your timing doesn't yeah. have to be exact and all that stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now it's getting to the point where you got to be on point. So it's super fun, super cool. But it's like, all right, well, that this is definitely a let's start the night with this. Go a little bit. If it ends, then we're done. If it doesn't, hey, halfway, we got to play something else and just kind of coast through the night of fun. Otherwise, somebody's got to stay good enough to where they're like, I can make all the choices and handle business. <laughs> there were a couple of those weird spots, though, where... You had to do something, and I had to look at mine and then also figure out what yours was. Because there was the part where we were jumping on the rails, and you had to jump on the blocks to open up the specific rail. So like, I had to look at your screen to see what you had, look at mine to see what I had, and then I had to call it out to you what I had to, to, for you to know where to go to even... Oh, Jesus. It's, those were, that part was fun, though. It was fun, but it was it was one of those moments of just like... Yeah. But that's when I, and that's when I knew we were in trouble. I can't look just at me. I have to look at you. Yeah. But you also have to look at me and us. Yeah. And we got to figure out a way to make make it go. And that's that's when I knew it, it was over for me because I was doing it and I did it fine. Yeah. But it sapped like two drinks easy, like easily, <laughs> just two drinks were gone. And I went, oh no! If this is the way the whole night goes, either a I gotta I gotta slow down significantly so I don't waste. Or B, I'm going to be gone, and I'm just going to be useless coming up in a little bit. And I obviously went with, I'll just be useless. We'll see how it goes. See if we can make it. That's that's it takes two. <laughs> but it's also amazing and awesome. And yes. I would say some of the puzzles like this last time weren't that great. Like the kaleidoscope thing, you just mm-hmm. stood in two different areas. But so many of the things, like even the, the weird buttons grind really thing we were just talking about. You can't do that any other way than just... You two have to do it. You have to communicate. You have to cooperate. You got to do the things. Beautiful. I love it. It it blows my mind every time we play it, how good it is, and then sometimes how weird it is, but just the mechanics of what you're doing and how to get to places, just mm, just fantastic. Yeah, and I'll just lastly say on that one, the husband and wife, God, they're so, it's fun, but God, they are so annoying. I'm like, yeah. How did you ever get together? What are you, what is even happening right now? Like these two are just the complete most ridiculous couple I've ever seen in my life. Like when we first talked about it, you got to think of them as a Saturday morning cartoon mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like you know Homer and Marge, but a little dumber. So they're yeah. always going to have some kind of thing to about. It just but just every idea they have is also really stupid. They're just so mm-hmm. such dumb characters. It's just I it get what ridiculous. I get what you're saying. It is weird and it's hard to. Hard to even look at sometimes, but then that's why I just do what I do, and I treat you like I'm the dumb husband and you're the dumb wife. Exactly. It's all your fault if you would make me more Cheeto casseroles, wouldn't we be in this situation? And you kept talking about hitting me because you love me and stuff. I remember that, yeah. That's just the way it is, baby, you know? (laughs) Jesus. So beyond that, you said games. it. I'm just following through, man. Yeah, that's well, what that's you want to do. That's, true. that's the setup you want to give me, Eric. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. I understand. I get it. The two games I have been playing solo, just for me, Near Replicant, which you all know, and Resident Evil 8. Near Replicant, let me tell you, great game. Having a great time. 
I do enjoy the hell out of that game, but I'm at about 30 hours almost. Still haven't got done my first playthrough. There's four or five playthroughs, and I'm starting to get scared because I, I just don't want to do no 120-hour game. I don't want it. So I'm hoping beyond hope that some two or three of these playthroughs are some kind of weird, like, quick seven, eight-hour playthrough experience. But I know one of them is a full playthrough. One of them is a full-on playthrough again. Of course. I don't know which one, but I, I'm like, I already just did 30, so you're talking about full-on playthrough. Even if I skip the side quests, you're probably talking 15 more hours, plus whatever these two, three, five is, whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. I don't I don't want a 120-hour game right now. Uh, let, me, let me put this on the side. Go play some Resident Evil. This will be fast. This will be good. And it is, all right? And it is great. And I'm already at the last area, or probably the second to last. I'm sure they're going to spring the actual final area on me. But uh, where I'm at, I told Matt this off air, but I'll say this on air. It's weird because I've overpowered myself. I've gone and got every single side thing. I, I hunt down every, make sure every room's blue. I get all the crystals, all the skulls, trade them in. I upgrade all my weapons, power max, everything. I've been smoking this game. Tons of ammo, tons of everything. Bosses are nothing. It's just a walk in the park. And now I get to this final area, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're going to be like old school. There's no ammo scares. Huh? What are you going to do with no ammo but lots of bad guys? And I'm like, well, this is okay. I'm not against it because this is classic Resident Evil. But you didn't say this was going to happen. So I go in shooting all 90 lichen that come after me and murder all of them. Now I have no ammo. Zero ammo. But I don't care because I'm like, well, the Duke will be around the corner. There'll be a bunch of ammo. I'll just restock and we'll just keep rolling. No big deal. Like the whole rest of the game's been. And instead they're like, nope. <laughs> Duke don't have ammo or nothing for you this time. <laughs> we lied to you. Yeah, you shouldn't have killed all 90 like and you probably should have just ran from them because, dummy, it's Resident Evil. No, you set the stage saying that I was going to get tons of ammo, kill everything. It was easy peasy. No problem. How are you going to flip the script on me here at the ninth hour? Well, you got to think, though. We talked about this before with the demos. You and I are good at video games, Eric. We've been playing a long time. Do you think... Now, now remember the, that doofus dude you watched play the demo? You remember how bad he was. Yeah. Do you think that dude was good enough to kill any, any 90 Lycan or even spend no, he was he was bullet? running. He was running. He ran the whole way. Now, he's where you're at. With like 90,000 shotgun shells. So if a dude comes up, he goes, oh, well, whatever. Room of two dudes. This is really easy. Now now I feel overpowered because I finally got my stuff up. And I'm the opposite. Because I was like, oh, 90 Lycan? No big deal. I'll wipe them all out. Mm -hmm. Mines, mines, mines. There. I eliminated this entire village of Lycan. Every last one's gone and dead. I got to keep that in mind. Because there was, there was that one spot right in the beginning where you're trying to get into the gate for the house where all the bad stuff happens, and then you go to the mm-hmm. castle, and there were a ton of lichen there, and it was like, oh, all you do is like go through the house, and you hop and hop, which you never hop anywhere else in the game so far. So I went back out into the front with the gate and shot a bunch of lichen and knifed a bunch of others and got my health taken down and used a bunch of items and put the mines down and everything, and then... It, and I was like, oh, I must have to beat them for the gate to open. No, you just wasted a bunch of stuff. Yep. Cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's a similar thing, but it's not 
Well, that one wasn't obvious either, so I can't even say that. It's yeah. a similar scenario where you're able to just, you can technically just scoot through it and get all the way through the area and not worry about it. But I was like, oh, I can handle this. It's not a big deal. I'm super powerful. And I did, but now I'm in this whole last area with scrounging ammo, scrounging everything. And I was just like, this hasn't been my whole game. Oh, come on, man. And I'm still succeeding. So don't. it's not like I'm not going to win. Right. But it's just like, oh, I purposely did every extra thing I could do. So I was going to get here and just laugh and giggle my way through as I blew everything to smithereens. And then end the game on a high note of just me being a, a god. Instead, now, this is the part where I'm actually having to go, all right, strategic, aim super carefully, run around run around 17 times and do this and kite them over here and do that and do that. And I'm like, damn it, this ain't what I wanted to do. This, this is my moment to shine. Oh, well, I guess I'll beat it like everybody else now. So that's my experience with Resident Evil 8. Fantastic, wonderful, but I just wish they didn't flip the script in the ninth hour on me. But who knows? I'm complaining, and maybe like when I play for ten more minutes, there's going to be some giant stupid ammo dump, and I'll be right back to normal. It's possible. Who knows? I'll tell you next week when I've probably beat. Oh, not probably. Definitely, will have beaten the game and be able to talk about it at length. And that's it for me, Matt. That's my uh, whole week. Well, as for my week, I've only played two games just like last time. Played a little bit of Animal Crossing New Horizons, got a new villager in. So I need to, I need to redesign the island anyway, which is what I was needing to do before to kind of get that itch back. I just got to figure out where I'm going to do stuff. I got to I gotta like stand and look at all my stuff, like take a tour through and just like, hmm, I can move that there and move that there and make this area here and put this character up in that area. So I got to just do that. But it's really easy after work to just come in and play Animal Crossing and do your dailies and just go, okay, that's that's good because I need to go on and play some more Mass Effect Andromeda. And just like you said with Near Replicant, you don't you didn't want it to be a 100-hour game. I thought this was going to be like 20, 30 hours maybe, then I'd be done. But this game is all about big open worlds and establishing outposts and changing things about the world and doing this side quest and this side quest and this side quest and making that world like prime 100% viability. Then you go to the next one and you can do all that stuff again. And then you can go to the next one and do all that stuff again. And I told you, there's some characters' loyalty missions. I went on one. It was a beautifully crafted level. Super fun. Probably the best Mass Effect Andromeda experience that I had. Went and did another one. Same thing. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start wrapping them up. Because I grabbed up like four loyalty missions in a row. Went to one. Hey, this one takes place on a whole new planet where you can do all the things. And I opened up the map and I zoomed all the way out. And my little character marker was just a pinhole on this giant like six foot blanket. And I just went, oh boy. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because it's going to take a long time to do everything on that planet. But it doesn't suck because everything I'm doing on these planets is a lot of fun. I mean, I kind of speed run a couple things because there's certain things you have to do on every single planet to kind of make it better. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I always speed run straight to those and then start going around clearing out the quadrants up and down and left and right. You know how you do. But it does sometimes irritate me that, you know, I'll clear out the planet and I'll be like, all right, go back up to the ship because we're getting out of here. Go to the ship and your, your little AI voice because, hey, you have new emails. Okay, Cool. Five side quests pop up in the emails. All right, cool. Read, click, accept, accept, accept. Look on the side quest list. Go back to that planet you were on. 
man. <laughs> and I do it. And sometimes the side quests are great. Like sometimes the characters are really awesome. The things you're doing are really interesting. They're Mass Effect-y in like new ways. They're not the usual things you're doing in Mass Effect. Then they're also not the same things you're doing in other games either. And so it's a lot of fun. And I love it. But sometimes it sucks to go up. And you get the little cutscene. You take off. Now you're on the ship. I'm ready to go. Hey, you can go back to that planet and do some more stuff, though. Okay. Go down to the planet, do some stuff. All right. You need to go back up to the ship, though. All right. It's a vicious cycle. But at the same time, like I said, this game is so much better than anyone ever made it out to be. And so much better than my first impressions were, too. I'm really starting to love it. Not just with the amount of planets and side quests and things you can do. You can craft your own equipment. You can research stuff and then develop it. I researched like all five tiers of this one gun and the badass armor and modded them all up. I'm like, all right, cool. You can even rename it. It's like Rider's Rifle and Rider's Battle Suit. And I was like, hell yeah. And then I went, hey, you got more research points. And I went, huh. What are, I mean, I'm not going to research shotguns or pistols or sniper rifles, really. I got my assault rifle and my cool suit and my helmet. That's about it. I look... Oh, there's five more tiers now that you've done this one. And they unlock every ten levels. And I'm like, <sighs> I just wanted this to be my suit. I just wanted to just be done doing all that stuff and done upgrading and just not worry about it. And I probably don't have to like worry about it because you still level up and your powers get stronger. But I'm just like, man, again, it's awesome because it can make even better stuff. Maybe I'll wait a few levels and, you know, go from a level five to a level eight and then wait and get a 10. But it's also like, man, I just, I just wanted that to be done, but it's not done, which sucks, but it's also great because there's even more content in a game. I'm having a ton of fun playing, driving around in the nomad, seeing the beautiful vistas, cresting over a ridge and just seeing this giant sinkhole in the sand in the certain planet, seeing this crazy mountain range or a big remnant base sticking up out of the sand. I'm like, damn, this game's awesome. And everybody hated on it. And nobody said anything about all these awesome things you can do in this game. Nothing. So go play Mass Effect Andromeda because it's awesome. Matt said so. Dang, man, I don't got time for no Mass Effect Andromeda, man. You don't, because it's going to be like 150 really, hours before I'm I done. really don't, but I'll tell you what. I was watching a gameplay of the Legendary Edition that just came out, and I, I hollered over at you. I said, I can't, I can't do it. Uh-huh. I'm watching gameplay of this, and I, I just instantly want to be back in Mass Effect World. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't have time for Mass Effect in any form, shape, or way right now. It is not going to happen, but I want it to happen so bad. And I want it to happen, too, because, like I said, Mass Effect Andromeda, it's so big and open world, and all those original Mass Effects are so crafted and a lot smaller and tighter experiences, which when I'm too lost in the open world, I want that. But when I'm too on that, then I want the open world. So it's uh, it's beautiful. And, I, hey, I'm glad you brought up the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, because last episode I was all poo-pooing it and all, man, what's going on with this game? Where's the reviews at? There's, there's, IGN still doesn't have a review out. Game Informer has a written review that doesn't say a lot more than their initial impressions did, but it is getting good numbers from the people who actually can do reviews. Hmm. So I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see it's not crazy. But three out of the four places that I named last time still don't have reviews up. It's nuts. What's going on with this world? What's going on here? IGN's embroiled in like a whole real life political thing going on right now. So I don't know what's going to happen or how soon they'll have reviews going up for it. Who knows? 
Because those guys pissed me off because I went on there. It's like, surely it's up now. No, we've put up four other videos just talking about random things throughout it. Well, then make a goddamn review. What are you doing? Review the game, for God's sakes, yes. (laughs) I get you. I get you. Now, it doesn't have a review on IGN, but you know what? There are some reviews up for this one title. Well, it's two titles technically, but whatever. Out for the Switch right now, Matt. You got Famicom Detective Club. Ooh, the missing air. And if that's not enough for you, they've got a second one out for the Switch right now, which is The Girl Who Stands Before. Now, what are these, you ask? These are old school games from way back in the way histories before most of you were ever born. First off, it's a detective mystery game, but it's got this cool thing where it comes up on the screen and then there's characters and environments to interact with. And then you gotta, you gotta push buttons, click on things to get answers for it. All right. It instantly reminded me of Shadowgate and Uninvited. This is what I wanted it to be, but it's not, Matt. It's not. It's way more interactive and you actually gotta solve a mystery. You presented it so terribly. You can't just say, like, it's a point-and-click adventure game. It's like, there's a screen, and there's a dude there, and sometimes you talk to a dude, and sometimes you look at a dude. But, you but it touch is a, a point-and-click adventure. And then you move a thing, and then you That's stu- what it is, because what it does is when you go out and say, to like, oh, you got to go talk to Sam, right? You go over to where Sam's at, but Sam don't want to talk to you. But then there'll be in situations where if you click on, like, the pond behind Sam, he'll be like, oh, the fish, yeah, you know, I go feed those fish every day. I do the thing. And then you're like, okay, so what about the, did you see the girl that day? I'm still not talking to you. So then you click on the grass out by the pond. Yeah, yeah, I put manure out there. You know, I really love that grass and pond. Yeah, those are my favorite things. I like grass and ponds, too. So did you see the girl yesterday? I'm still not talking to you. Then you gotta click on something else, and then you gotta you gotta push that individual to talk to you. So it is a point and click because there's environments where you have to interact with everything around that person to get them to even do or say anything to you to solve said murder mystery. Now, what I always find weird about this is I don't know what's going on because it's happened in several games now. You're a detective who has amnesia. That means you're not a detective. Because if you have amnesia, you can't be a detective because you don't remember anything. Therefore, you have no skill sets that would allow you to be a detective. That doesn't make sense. Or you're the best detective because every second of your life is a detective story. Who am I? Where did I come from? Who am from? I? Where did and I also, come what's going on with this? I need and to figure out two mysteries for the price that, of one. And that's what this game and the other one are all about. It drives me up a wall, man, because I'm telling you right now, if I had an amnesia, and so I wouldn't, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm not going to go try to solve a murder mystery. I'm going to go, what in the hell is going on? What am I? Who am I? But you don't even know that. Because if you have amnesia, amnesia. you don't even know that that is going to be your reaction when that happens. Because I'll never know. Because I'll have my memory wiped. I'll be a new me. You'll be a fresh, clean slate egg. That's what you'll be. And maybe I'll care about others more and I'll actually go solve a mystery while I'm trying to figure out who the hell I am. This would be like all those... All those sitcoms or whatever, where a really horrible character falls down, hits her head, and now he's like sweet and nice, and at the end of the episode, he turns into an asshole again. This is exactly that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, Matt's going to, he's going to buy these games. I was so surprised he didn't actually cover them last week. But if you don't let me know, jump in. Nintendo- let, me, let me jump in. If I wasn't playing Mass Effect, I would be playing these games. Yeah. It got his fish hook into me and then I was on my Switch and it went, hey, the games are out. And I went, well, shit, I can't play them now. 
Mm-hmm. They're really, really old games, but they've been completely redone. All the sounds been redone. The the all the anime, all the the pictures, the backgrounds, all that stuff. It looks gorgeous. It looks up to date. It looks nice. It was developed by Nintendo and Mages. It's out on the Switch currently. Like I said, it is actually two titles: Famicom, Detective Club, The Missing Air, and then The Girl Who Stands Before. So you will have to buy them separately. Because they are two titles. Don't get it confused, everybody. And if you want to go in order, you want to get The Missing Air before you get The Girl Who Stands Before. Because Missing Air is the first one. And the second one, obviously, is the other one. Which is actually a prequel to the first one. I was just going to say. But it is the second one. Are you sure? Uh, No, I'm sure. But I was just told you should play it in order that it was released. Not in the actual sequence at which these events occur. It looks great. It looks cool. If you love those whole murder mystery, you know, solving puzzles, figuring out who done it, this is definitely up your alley. However, by reading a couple of the reviews and watching a couple of them, uh, one of the big things I will say, it does have a lot of the old tropes from old games back then. And one of the worst ones being that in some events, the puzzles will make no sense. There's no hints as what to do. And some of them are literally just click on the person 16 times until they finally say something different. So for 15 times before the 16th time, they just say the same exact statement and nothing changes. And that's frustrating to me because how are you to know it's 17 times you got to click before they know? And especially if you're clicking on them 16 times and they're saying the same thing, you're hitting that text fast forward button Mm -hmm. because every game like this has one of those. And then when the 16th one comes up and you're kind of like soft focusing... It'll zip past, and you hit the fast-forward button. You go, whoa, 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 wait. Oh, mm-hmm. Then you miss the clue, and then obviously at that point, they'll be like, well, I heard such and such and such. You're going to want to talk to this person. Well, you missed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, crap. Now you got to go cheat. Now you got to go, look out. What, did, what did David say uh, after this and this and this? And then you go figure it out. So stuff like that, it does harken back to the old school ways games were done and played. But I hear the two great stories. And if you like being a detective who doesn't know who he is, but still has the gumption to go solve a problem, which in The Missing Air, by the way, is a rich family, stuff starts going really south, sideways for him. You're going to go in and save the day for the Awasaka family or something like that. You're going to help him out. And then the girl who stands before, a schoolgirl washes up ashore. Everyone goes freaking nuts. You go to the school to try to figure out what the hell happened. And a lot of weird kind of supernatural meets reality scenarios take place which is from what i hear the kind of standard go-to for this uh genre i don't know maybe cool we'll know in maybe a year when matt plays and then he can tell us all about it for realsies i don't know something else i'm not gonna say that may be cool something else that is cool it's something that hit my radar like a week ago and devolver digital i follow them on twitter so i see all the stuff they're working on the stuff that's coming up and they're like hey we're going to have something special for you guys coming up next week. And I went, hmm, my eyes got big, and I looked at my phone, and I squinted at it, and it didn't tell me anymore. And then like two days ago, they started saying, hey, Essays on Empathy is coming out. There's a little, like, I think it's a 10-pack of really small games or like gaming experiences or narrative experiences done by Deconstruct Team, who are the people who did Gods Will Be Watching and the Red Strings Club, if you're familiar with those games. Obviously, it's published by Devolver Digital, Out now on Steam, like I said, 10 mini experiences. I think most of these games were developed and partially released 
over the past few years, but they were developed as parts of game jams where, you know, they, they throw out a weird theme and you have X number of days or X number of restrictions in which to make some kind of game. And so Deconstruct Team has done a lot of game jams. They're a little game development team out of Spain, in case anybody didn't know. So they've been involved in a lot of these, and they figured why not just grab a bunch of these, put them on sale with another new game that is a part of this 10-pack, and just put it out for... It's only $12.99 on Steam. So $12.99 for 10 unique, interesting experiences. You can't beat that. I'm not going to go down the whole list of weird stuff that's in this, but there's one that's kind of a weird Metroidvania about mining and getting some ore and using tools to explore the mine in weird and different ways. Like each tool you get, you can kind of use in a secondary way to do things you didn't think you could do before. There's all kinds of really weird ones, like really dark experiences. There's one that I read up and I was like, I need to play this one for sure. You play a coppersmith, which means you're some kind of mystical entity or like witch doctor person. And you go around and you go to a family and you can make their wish come true. Whatever they desire, you can make it happen. But you have to kill one member of the family to make that happen. And then you like use their blood for blood magic and it alters one of the people who's left. Like you change their personality or something. Really weird, dark stuff. There's some stuff that's not as dark as that or God's Will Be Watching. But one of the other interesting ones, you play as a girl who thinks she's got somebody's skeleton inside her. So she's doing all these tests. She's got an x-ray machine. She's like, it sounds really dark and morbid, Mm -hmm. but the graphics are all pretty charming pixel art. And she's like picking stuff out and, you know, discovering things. And then you can choose how she explains those things to herself or her diary or the listeners. A lot of this is like really narrative driven like that, where you're doing something and you kind of tell the story of why they did that thing. One of the games is you're a guy at a bookstore and you're buying a book for your dad. You have to figure out which one you're going to get and kind of craft the narrative of why you're getting that book for him. Some of the art in these games is really fantastic. Like that one looks really beautiful. A lot of it is more simple pixel art, but if you've seen Gods Will Be Watching or Red Strings Club, a lot of that stuff is really, I don't know if I'd say charming, but like evocative or stylish pixel art. And just all these weird narratives that they weave with these small games or gaming experiences. Like I've read that some of them are so short, you don't even get to save in them. You just kind of play through it in a however long your play session lasts, and that's your run through that one. You know, I love weird narrative stuff. A lot of this is definitely that. You know, I love small indie type experiences. You know, I love handfuls of indie games, just playing them all back to back. That's this. It's Essays on Empathy. It's super cheap. If you already got some of these games in other bundles, great for you. But like I said, there is one brand new game here. I think it's like, it's it's in Spanish. It's like from three until four. It's about a couple who are stand-up comedians. Uh-huh. Duh, here's another crazy mechanic. The main gameplay of it, I mean, obviously you spend time talking to each other. There's a whole narrative and all that. But the main gameplay mechanic is you're doing a stand-up routine. But in doing that, you build like a deck of cards and the cards are like how your jokes land. So maybe you like flub a few lines to get a brand new hand, which has an epic punchline at the end. So you build it up or you kind of go up and down and build a flow. Something I've never seen before ever in any other kind of game. That's what a lot of these are. So check out Essays on Empathy if you want some weird indie stuff because I want some weird indie stuff. 
I don't know, man. It sounds cool, but that's out of my league. Weird little indie stuff. I ain't got time for the mainstream stuff. I you don't even have your even... own skeleton in your body. You should be you should be playing that one to know what you need to do to get that skeleton out. That's true, to get that other skeleton out, man. You know, thanks for the encouragement to cut myself open and find that other skeleton. I appreciate I'm it. I'm already torturing you when you go blind. Might as well just have you flay yourself open and pull a skeleton out. Got You know... Can you give me any good news? I mean, any good things at all? I mean, I got good things for you, Eric. Well, I got the best things because it's the best part of the show because we got Shift Coast of Golden Keys at Borderlands 2, which we'll never oh, play again, but also go. Borderlands 3, which we will play again. Oh, yeah. So hit with the thread of the red form to Instagram, hit up your preferred Shift Coast provider, and get yourself some free loot in some fantastic games. I don't know why it got weird at the end, but it just mm-hmm. did. Oh, but you did. And it was fine. It was good. You know, you're growing up, you're a grown boy. It was popping, it was crackling. It's beautiful. I love to see it, man. I love to see it. Someday we'll be grown adults and we'll have jobs and we'll do things. It'll be great. Until then, all we can do is peruse the internet and screw around, you know, and just wonder what life is and what's going on in the world of video games and then more specifically in the world of Gearbox, which we always keep the ear out and try to pay attention to what's going on. And I'll tell you, it's slow, folks. There ain't much happening right now. You know, the Borderlands movie's being made, but, you know, stuff's not really forthcoming on that. You get a couple Twitters here and there. New IPs, I'm sure, are being worked on. We're going to talk about that in a little bit in a second, possibly. But nothing's being said in in solid evidence right now. Even though, as we got hyped about, E3's around the corner. Which Gearbox is that? Guess what? Jeff just posted his whole, hey, guess what? Summer Games Fest. Mm-hmm. Gearbox is that. So there's stuff coming. There's things happening. We're going to learn something. It's going to be exciting. But until then... We're going off scraps. We're going off morsels. We're just dying to know what's up. And I could talk about all the other stuff, but tonight we're just going to talk about one little thing. And that's something I missed, but our boy Mental Mars didn't. All right? So shout out to Mental Mars. Check out his website. He's got the deets up there. He's got the whole website popping. And I will state, because of him, I know something new and I'm excited. He went and gave us the knowledge map. That apparently 2K just had an investment calling and all that good stuff. And they said, hey, we got some cool immersive games coming. And one of them has a new IP from Gearbox. And it's coming before the end of the fiscal year 2022. So there's time. Obviously, it's not right around the corner. But within a reasonable amount of time, we should probably hear something about whatever this is. Now, immediately me and Matt went, well, it's going to be Project 1v1. Mm -hmm. But... Then Matt, you said, well, he said immersive. That's not necessarily immersive. Sounds more like uh, like something like an RPG or a Destiny type game or something where you're gonna spend uh, more than just your 15, 10, 15 hours in. But then again, Matt, as I say that and as I think about it, Project One v One, if this came to fruition and was this vast game, that would be more like a Fortnite, which is an immersive all-in, play-forever kind of game, so I don't know if it rules it out or not. What do you think? I feel like that's not an immersive game because you play it a lot, yes, but you're in and out of games a lot. Mm-hmm. That'd be like saying uh, Fall Guys is immersive. Oh, I can't gosh. I can't say that. An immersive game would have to be something you play for a long stretch and you're in that world or mm-hmm. you're in that area, that region. I was thinking, hey, you know, immersive games, I could go say Brothers in Arms is an immersive game. You could say Bulletstorm is an immersive game too. But then I thought immediately, well, what have they done lately? What if what if they released fairly recently VR games? They had the Penn and Teller game that they did. 
Borderlands uh-huh. 2 VR. Maybe it's time for Borderlands 3 VR. And I do, I do want to jump back because the show notes say there's going to be a new IP. Well, Mendelmarsh said it was a new game from Gearbox was mentioned during the publisher's earning call. But a new game, you're right, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a new IP. So a new game could just then be, like you said, a Borderlands 3 VR experience. It could be some kind of reimagining of any type. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean four. But it also said that two of these four are going to be brand new, never before seen things. And, and that's where I'm, where my disconnect is coming. Because here it says, just on Take Two's call, they announced that they're going to release four games. But that doesn't say that it's from Gearbox. So I was gonna, I was no. about to get jumping on here and be like, "Oh man, Gearbox could do one v one and Borderlands three VR, then Brothers mm-hmm. in Arms, and then something else crazy new." But then, I, and then I read it was just Take Two overall said it. But I'm confused. The way I read it, Take Two's got four new immersive core games coming. Mm-hmm. Two of them brand new IPs, whole new things. Two right, of right. them from existing IPs. From one of their developers. That's- from any developer, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And from what Mental Mars was saying and what we know or what we seem to know, one of those is coming from Gearbox. Yeah. But it doesn't really specify whether it's going to be an existing franchise or an, a brand new IP. Yeah. You know what game I want it to be? I want it to be Brothers in Arms, which wouldn't be a new IP, but it could be and, 1v1 in a new but IP. But see, that would be, and see, this is why I think Brothers in Arms is probably going to be it. Because we know they've been working on it for years. We've been making jokes about that forever. And on top of it, that is an immersive game. Yeah. You can get into that. You can get all the way into that, single player, multiplayer, the whole nine. And you can be playing that for however long you want to. And especially if they take lessons from all the new games out these days. Call of Duty, not so much Battlefield because they've been kind of out of the match for a while. But, hey, side note, they're coming back and supposed to be freaking superb. I am excited Hopefully it is great. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about. That would be an immersive core type game. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe that's the betting ground we go with on that one. Because we definitely ain't going to be Battleborn or nothing like that. And I think that's going to be put to put to rest. As much as we would like it as to be. As much as I would love to see it. Yeah. I don't think it would be, yeah. No. Borderlands is already so much. It's We're saturated with Borderlands right now. I don't think they would push even more unless it was to be a whole new dlc that involved new environments like the moon going to the moon doing the whole thing which we've talked about also before i just don't think we're ready for that yeah i think they're just going to kind of cruise and milk what they've got still for a little bit longer before they even start on talking about what they're going to do next so i feel like it has to be either brothers in arms or something brand new but I feel like I would have heard a whisper or something about something new and shiny. Although, did we hear whispers about anything before they revealed much? Did you know about the the Penn and Teller game? Anything like that? Those were all surprises. Maybe they. I mean, they could be working on literally anything right now. We always go one v one and brothers in arms because we know the ones in the works and we've mm-hmm. played the other one. But you know, Gearbox, they can just pull something right out of the hat and just boom here it is check it out We're, we've been working on this for four years we're excited to bring it to you hmm. i want my brothers in arms you know that i've been saying that for like two years on the show it's how many years we've been doing this i feel like it's not coming out yet i want it and i want it really badly and i want a really badass ps5 xbox series x level brothers in arms because i loved hell's highway so much 
if they went back to the roots with that and shined it up and classed it up and fancied it up for for the current gen systems, I don't know. That would be great. But I kind of hope for a brand new immersive game along the lines of like a an RPG Mass Effect style and or traditional. I don't care. You know, you got so many good writers over there. Randy Varnell's writing real books, going nuts out there. He's been, they've been promoting people left and right in the writing department, as we've seen. I feel like they got enough folks over there to put out a really cool story and a really cool game that's nothing like the typical first-person shooter stuff they've been doing. I want to, I've said it before, over and over. It's just like a broken record. I want to see them dip their feet into a new genre and try something different. Besides first-person shooters. I know that's what they've done forever, and I, I get it. You know, you stick with what you know. And, and they do tell stories in these first-person shooters. But I want to see if they can do a third-person, you know, or, or an overhead or whatever. I don't care what it is. Just I want to see Gearbox diversify and spread their wings a little bit and try something fresh out of the box. Who knows what this might be, the greatest thing in the world, or flop. But, hey, at least you did it and tried. I don't know, you know? That's I, I got my fingers crossed for something that it's going to, like, holy crap, what the hell? I didn't see that coming a mile away. I've agreed with you every time we've brought this up. <laughs> Duke I, and Nuke, you know? When that gets dropped, and then it's Duke and Nuke. I mean, we're, I'm going to flip my table, break all my screens. I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to do that because we won't have gotten an email saying, hey, guys, we're need, going to need your voice samples for Nuke and for Duke. That's Put on your voice acting hats and get to work. We won't get those emails. We won't. But that's okay. You know, in my heart of hearts, I'll know they were listening. And that's why this exists. That's why. And then it'll flop like or something and then we'll be responsible for it. And then they will bring up our names so that way we're held accountable. I was just going to say that. The Reddit will death threat me or something. But then I'll welcome them to come over so I can bury them with the other 72 bodies out back. And it'll be great. I was going to say that exact same thing. If they ever do put out Nuke and Duke... Everyone else on the planet will hate it. Was like, come on, guys, it's so cool. God damn it! <laughs> this is way behind the times and unnecessary. Only two idiots in Michigan would think this was super cool. Oh, yeah. I can see that happening. I can see it happening. Now the good news is, is E3's got Gearbox coming. The freaking Summer Games Fest has Gearbox coming. I think it's Gearbox Publishing though at the Games Fest. So just to clarify, it didn't say Gearbox Software; it said Gearbox Publishing, which probably means Tribes of Midgard is going to be the big focus for that one. If I had to take a wild stab, you say Homeworld Three might pop some more stuff yep, out there. Homeworld, yeah, we haven't heard a lot about that since, so that's probably going to make its uh, appearance known to everybody. You say maybe an actual gameplay trailer for it because we've seen some cinematic trailers a little bit not like story or anything but just flybys of ships and things maybe it's time to actually see it in action who knows i have no idea like we've said it before homeworld is definitely out of our wheel box so it's rough you know we got to get some kind of third-party consultant one of these days <laughs> to help us out and that's what we need you for out there in podcast listener land help us out by consulting us on what this new ip is going to be is it going to be a new ip is it going to be old ip what do you want it to be What's immersive and core to you? Do you want to wear your virtual boy headset? I, was, I meant virtual reality headset, but what comes to mind yeah, is virtual boy. That's what we do. Put on the virtual boy. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it'll be a virtual boy game. I'm not putting anything past Gearbox, but let us know what you think out there in podcast listener land via the email, thirdshiftme and gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift as well. Indeed, you can find us at all those wonderful places. You can also find us over at the old Patreon. You like what we do, like what you heard this week, 
Consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, any kind of bucks. We treat it just like the old tip jar. Y'all know the rigmarole. Head on over there, throw something our way. Keeps the lights on, keeps the show running, keeps all the things functioning as they should be. And I understand. Hey, I don't got no money. I can't do that. At least go give the five-star rate and reviews. Go give the mailbag questions. Go over to Twitter and do the thumbs up and say, hey, howdy ho. Go over to Facebook. Go over to Twitch. Throw in your Prime subscription that you're probably wasting most of the time. Any of those things can be done, and it will help us keep the show running without any hitches or problems in the future where people start to go, rah, 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 rah. you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Think about it. Consider it. We do appreciate you all so very much. And we especially appreciate you listening to the very next episode, which will drop on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And now I promised I was going to take out three people. You all got one week extension. Only because this has not actually been, it's not actually been a week. Yeah. We had, we had to do the show early because I'm going from my first camping trip of the year. And I said, well, that's unfair. You told people, you gave people a deadline, but then you didn't follow through. So I, I, don't, I can't kill three people before the proper deadline. And then I said, well, I'm not coming back. I can't do like some post-show thing and then finish off three random people. So you have till next week. And then three of your loved ones are dead. So... It's it's up to you. I'm a merciful God. I've given you a whole extra week. But that's only if the loved ones listen to the show. Because you said it was three listeners would be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to share. So it's like the ring. If you share the show with your loved ones and you don't send a review, then your chances are lower. It's like it follows. You know, you spread it around and maybe it won't come get you. (laughs) Here's the thing, too, though. How many kids accidentally listened to one of the podcast shows while their mom or dad were listening to it in the car. They are now listeners. I told you guys last week, children aren't excluded. So if your kid heard us one time, they're in the pool. That's on you. I can't change the rules. The Indonesian man told me that was the rules. I got to stick with them. So you got one more week. Blessing. Blessing in disguise. There you go. You know, the serum's been giving me rashes, by the way. So you're welcome. I'm suffering for you. You're welcome, everybody. All I want to do is watch It Follows now. Since I mentioned it, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I remember so watching good. that at my favorite theater. Oh, God, it was so awesome. I have the Blu-ray back there. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to do that on Thursday night since I won't be doing the show. Oh, mm-hmm. baby. Beautiful. Perfect. Dang. There's no better way to go out and talk about It Follows, so there's nothing else to say, but. Don't forget to Sit down.